All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on this Friday edition of One Bills Live. I want to encourage you that the uh, OBL Fan Friday mailbag is open. Submit your questions on the Bills, the league at large, anything you got on your mind, and we'll be happy to answer as many of them as we can in our allotted amount of time. Uh, pleased to be joined now, though, by NFL on CBS reporter, also going to be doing the game for Westwood One Radio down on the sidelines here in Buffalo, Bills Dolphins, on Sunday afternoon at 1. It is Aditi Kinkabala, big friend of the show. How are we doing, Aditi? Awesome. It's snowing. It's not snowing on Sunday in Buffalo, though, right? No, it's no, not. Can you promise we, It might even be sunny. It's supposed to be sunny, actually. I, you know, I talked to a couple Dolphins yesterday, and that's what they were saying. That I mean, the Dolphins process this week is to really only focus on one day at a time and it was funny because duke riley said he's not allowed to talk about friday because it's thursday (laughs) and he said if you promise not to tell coach i think it's going to be good on sunday (laughs) because he's not supposed to be looking at the weather right yeah it is it is supposed to be well it's supposed to be sunny uh and just cold that's about it yeah right around 30 not even any wind so yeah that's perfectly livable conditions for most pro athletes what what are your thoughts about it well, after about the game or about the weather, I did a minus 15 wind chill game Christmas Eve in Cleveland. So that was the Saints at the Browns. And now that I've survived that famous last words, right? But now that I've survived that, I feel like I can take whatever I need to take on. What could happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk game here, Aditi. And the shoe is Firmly on the other foot here in terms of injuries. Back in week three, the Bills were missing five defensive starters, their center Mitch Morse, and more guys went down over the course of that football game. Now it's Miami with a laundry list of an injury report, including three starting offensive linemen, Raheem Mostert, their top two quarterbacks on the depth chart. I mean, I could go on and on here. It, it's, it's completely flipped in terms of avail- player availability for this one. The Dolphins know that too, right? So they know that there's basically one path to success here, and that is that this defense has to put together its best possible outing, that this offense can't turn the ball over, and somehow they need to try to control the clock. Obviously, easier said than done. I mean, everything is aligned against them, and there's not a player that I've talked to that doesn't acknowledge that in Miami. And that's not even including all of the emotion that is behind DeMar Hamlin being back in Buffalo, being released from the hospital. That's not even including the vast difference in playoff potential, all of that. But I think the Dolphins feel confident about what they're capable of. I think this speaks to who their coach is and the belief he infuses in them. And I'll say this, Skylar Thompson is a young man, you know, he's a 25-year-old rookie. That's a little bit older for a rookie, but he's a young man who's got a tremendous amount of maturity to him. And not just because of his age, he he lost his grandfather and his mother within, I believe, six months of each other when he was six years old. So he just has a different perspective on this opportunity, on where he is. And yes, he is a seventh round rookie quarterback who hasn't played all that much, but he lit it up in the preseason. And I talked to veteran wide receiver Trent Sherfield yesterday, who was saying, look, he just won a game for us last week. You know, that was a must win game. It wasn't pretty, but he didn't turn the ball over. And so that just imbues him and his teammates with a little bit more confidence this week. Well, plus 
I mean, not that I'm saying, let me just throw this out there. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I don't know that this is a close matchup, but the Dolphins will come. They're coming in to fight. So there's at least that, you yeah. know, they're they're coming in feeling as if, all right, we've got something to offer. I, I don't know what that actually translates into, but this is not a team that's willing to just throw in the towel before they even get there. Well, they're going to, yeah, they're not going to be easy to beat because they got nothing to lose. It's a no, it's a no lose situation for them. They're not supposed to win this game and they can come out and swing for the fence and go for it and kind of let it rip. And that's a great mental right. spot to play in just to, to know that, Hey, whatever happens, we're going to walk out of here with our heads high. Cause you know, we weren't supposed to be here. We weren't supposed to win this game anyway. And plus, and getting back to what I was going to say, Ty- Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are a force. I mean, they're a problem for whether whether Tua's playing or anybody's playing. When they get the ball in their hands, they're really dangerous. So it's not like the, the cupboard is completely bare if they can just find a way to use Tyreek and Jalen. And don't sleep on. So that's true. And I also really have to commend Mike McDaniel on how well he was very open in saying that he's got three different game plans. He's got a Tua game plan. He's got a Teddy Bridgewater game plan. He's got a Skylar Thompson game plan. But this is what Mike McDaniel has throughout his entire career done so well. And that's take advantage of what everybody individually can do. I think he's doing a really good job of getting the ball out of Skylar Thompson's hands as quickly as possible. And, you know, you don't need to be fancy. You don't need to have 12 reads. You don't need to like just this is your play and go with it. And yeah, put the hand, put the ball in the hands of your biggest playmakers as quickly as you possibly can. Let's see what they can do. And I would also say, don't sleep on Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson is a tough, tough, tough runner who has an infectious nature about him. Jalen Waddle told me before, and I think I used this in our CBS broadcast Thanksgiving weekend before the Dolphins played the Texans. Jalen Waddell told me Jeff Wilson will be talking to himself on the field and everybody is just afraid of him. <laughs> like, <laughs> turn around and let him do whatever it is yeah. that he needs to do. So obviously the Dolphins would like to have Mostert. I think that there's some difficulty there. He's got that broken pu- thumb and obviously there's no room for error. Ball security is key. But Jeff Wilson, you could argue, is just as good, if not better, a back. Yeah, and he actually missed the last game between the Bills and Dolphins with a hip injury. Now it's Mostert that is unlikely to play, and so they'll have to turn to Jeff Wilson early and often. You know, dovetailing off of Steve's question about getting the ball in the hands of Waddle and Hill, it's not like Thompson's incapable of throwing to them, but I wonder in an effort to ensure that you lean on, well, especially Hill all the more, this is a team that can let it all hang out, try some unconventional things. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hill lining up in the backfield and they just hand it to him. I mean, again, and I think that that's Mike McDaniel isn't afraid to do something crazy. And to the same point that you're making, what do they have to lose? There's not anybody outside of that locker room that really fully expects them to win. So why not? Why not throw what you can out there? And again, I'll go back to that defense. Defensive coordinator Josh Boyer is from that New England tree where you have to be so good at being nimble and doing as many different things as you possibly can and really trying to match your opponent and name an opponent that they know better than the Bills other than any, you know anybody else within the division. I think that they feel good about what they can do with that front, the aggression that they have. I, You know, they... Again, it, it could be interesting. It's fun. I don't know if it's fun for you if it's interesting. Is it fun for you if it's interesting? Or do you just prefer no, a blowout? No, we prefer a blowout. <laughs> I want it over. I want it over at the I want the coin flip to be heads or tails and it's over. Let's go. 
And, and that's that. You know, yeah. it's funny, Steve, because you do this too, right? When you're on the sideline, don't we get to actually talk more if it's a lopsided game? That's right. They come to us more for some storytelling. You've got to You got to bring. You got to bring the backpack if it's a blowout because yeah. you got you got to yeah. go back and do your research. You got to like pull it all out. Yeah, you got to have a big be- bucket of material if it's a blowout for sure, for sure. And so I hope we uh, see. Yeah. I hope it's a Bills blowout, and we and the world is introduced to. Aditi Kinkabwala. Everybody knows who she is because she did the entire game. That's what I hope. It's funny because um, CBS is airing this game. Right. And so I can't tell anybody, oh, don't watch on TV, listen on radio, because obviously, you know, CBS is my employer, but tape it or something and listen to both of us. <laughs> yeah, tape right. the radio. Or, 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 just, or just turn the sound down and sync turn it up. up the radio. Get um, it synced up. That's the other option. Uh the Bills, you know, their their young pass rushers have had to take on the full mantle of that pass rush in the absence of Von Miller, who they lost back on Thanksgiving. Now they're probably going to be in a matchup where they're playing a less than 100% to Ron Armstead. It, it's looking more and more like their starting right tackle is going to be Kendall Lamb, who's third on the depth chart. Um, I know that there are ways to combat leaky protection you know with quick release passes and they're going to try to make it as easy for Thompson as they can as you said but this is really an opportunity for them to really foul up the game for Miami's offense based on player availability here or player health well and I think that that's very fair and I think it's also what you sort of think of as Sean McDermott's calling card right it 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 is I mean, that is his background. He was that X and O genius as a defensive coordinator in Carolina. His defenses were always as disciplined as details just can be. That has been one of the great assets of the Bills that maybe doesn't necessarily get spoken about as much as Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in this offense have done has done the things that it has done. But of course it's a great opportunity. And, you know. Let's see what you're made of, essentially. This is this is a game. It it feels I hate to sort of put this pressure in any way, but we came into the season thinking that the Bills were the class of the AFC. You know, like we obviously the Chiefs have been in a position for a while, and obviously the Bengals were the ones that actually went to the Super Bowl a year ago, but you really started the season thinking that it was about the Bills. And then everything that they have overcome this season the arc of the roller whether it's uh being snowed in going to play in Detroit obviously DeMar Hamlin all of this it just all feels lined up that somehow some way the Bills will find a way because they are meant to find a way but when you say something like this this is the point right like okay so it's something as simple as can you mess up a rookie quarterback and is that because of your rush is that because you play zones on the back end that confuse him and force him to throw into tight windows. Is it, you know, whatever it is, but it's almost like you're more intrigued by how the bills can stop. I'm sorry. Yes. How the bills can fluster the offensive genius. That is Mike McDaniel and this offense that obviously is missing a lot of key components more than you're intrigued by what Josh Allen is going to do. Although I do want to see what Josh Allen does in the red zone. I was a little, I was a little surprised by the fact that he's had six turnovers in the red zone. Yeah. Most of, uh, uh, in fact, the, most of those six turnovers, I'm not going to uh, just generalize 
they were in the last half of the season as well. Uh, and we had a, a colleague of ours today who was saying, you know, this, you know, is whatever the new Ken Dorsey, new offensive coordinator, and the things that they've been through this year, and he didn't know how it was going to go. They've actually scored, percentages speaking, exactly the same or a little more points per game than they did last year. Uh, and they're more, they're ranked way higher in yards per play this year offensively than they were a year ago during the regular season. So uh, for all the, the hand-wringing about changing Brian Dayball into Ken Dorsey, it actually has gone very well. And while early in the season they were, you know, were blowing out the Rams by 21 and the and the Tennessee Titans by 34, you know, and then they, you know, they lose a game by two, lose a game by three, and then they were all kind of one-score games for a while. You know, they, they aren't blowing people out like they did, you know, in, like in week five against Pittsburgh. This is a team that has been steady. They're on a seven-game win streak, and there have been certain games where even if it was within 10 points, their opponent looked hopeless like they could there was it was a 10-point hole they had no chance of digging out of and we're talking about teams like with Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots and teams like that so for all the angst that has been about the Bills offense and how they were going to do this year and the expectations they've answered the bell at every turn despite the obstacles that you mentioned so it's easy to get into yourself into a position like this is just going to be another one of those games you know where they're just going to take it and run with it but it's so interesting you say that. I literally just had this conversation with someone earlier in the week, someone on another team, an executive on another team. And it was about the Ravens in, I believe it was 2019. The Ravens ran through everybody. And I think there was only one game that season that was even close. But basically, they were just killing everybody, especially the second half of the season, romping, never had to gut out a win, never had their backs against the wall, never were in a tough spot, just drove over everybody. Then you come to the first round of the playoffs and they were upset. They lost. And that was right. Was that the chargers? And it was Lamar Jackson was maybe even subbed out for Joe Flacco at halftime. And the point that I was making when I was talking to this friend of mine who's an executive that I think there's value in having to play close games, in winning close games. I think there's value. Now, obviously, this doesn't this doesn't apply to the Bills, but I think there's value in having come out of a losing streak. It's a conversation that I had with Shad Khan two weeks ago about the Jaguars, that there's something to be said for sitting at two and six. And then somehow getting out of that, having enough faith and belief to climb out of that and win, still win your division and get into the playoffs. Now, the Bills have already lived that as an organization, but just for the season, the fact that every single game wasn't a romp, wasn't a win by three touchdowns, that doesn't make me think any less of them. If anything, it makes me think that they're stronger, hardier. I trust them more in a tough spot. Yeah, and you're thinking about 2019, the Ravens were 14 and 2, and and then they got bounced 28 to 12 by the Titans. Um, Titans, that's who I meant, the Titans, sorry. So, yeah, you're right. Um, It does, I think how you come in, it is, it's a week-to-week league. So I think the last game does have more to do with it than the last four games put together. But that last right. game, you coming into it, I think means a lot to some teams, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it how it does unfold like that. Not only for the Bills Dolphins, but all these games here on yeah. this weekend. Aditi, thank- and I think this 
last game too. Oh, you were thanking me. Sorry. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're out of time. We're right at the top of the hour here, so we do have to take a break. But thanks for the time. Have a great broadcast on Sunday afternoon. We know people around the country will be listening to this one. So good luck with uh, Tom and Ross. Have a great broadcast, and thanks as always for the time. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'll see you this weekend. All right, that's Aditi Kinkabwala, NFL on CBS reporter, going to be doing the game, reporting from the sidelines for Westwood One Radio on Sunday at 1. We take a break here, but when we come back, we'll be joined by senior producer from NFL Films, Greg Cosell, chopping up the X's and O's to see exactly what's changed since Skylar Thompson's been inserted into the Dolphins lineup Greg Cosell coming up next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.